Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn how to document their family history and celebrate their discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny, and we're the two blondes here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Every two weeks, we will cover a new topic to help you document your family history. Our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, is a place where you can find additional materials on the topics we discuss, including forms and resources. Please email any questions or comments to us at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 15. Today we're going to be talking about finding your female ancestors, research that can be extremely frustrating and very difficult. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you'll come away today with a few pointers and some ideas on where you can find your female ancestors. But first, Penny, priorities, what are we drinking today? So our wine today is Layer Cake Chardonnay from the Layer Cake Winery. And it is super delicious. I, f I picked it because the label had this big chocolate cake on the front. And what woman doesn't like chocolate or dessert or both? So since we're talking about women today, right. we're going to give I just kind of went chocolate. with that. Right. I went with that. Um, and reading some of the notes on their website, they are made from grapes from their Monterey Vineyard and their Santa Barbara Vineyard, which I was super excited about because I was born in Santa Barbara. So, so these are hometown grapes? Really have a, a relationship with this gotcha. wine, I think. All right. And their tasting notes, um, and I'm going to read right from their website, it says, The nose jumps right to rich, creamy lemon pie in the oven with all the warm pastry aromas riding along and it has um, Bartlett pears brioche hazelnut praline and grilled pineapple followed by a lingering creamy citrus finish and I think creamy is the key word here for this wine you're right it is very creamy very mm -hmm. creamy so good so we'll put that up with a link to their vineyard on on our website um, we'd love for you to all try that because it's very delicious very good very recommended Okay, so then, and the next thing, before we jump into women researching, um, we're going to talk about what we've been doing, and we've been making some... Um, well, we're always doing genealogy. We're always we doing genealogy, but we've also done some genealogy goals for this year. Yes. Which um, I You did, made us. I, you made me. I did. And I, I did blog about it, so we're kind of committed. But right. But we thought we'd tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Thanks for checking with me first. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, this is what I have to do with you. I just, I just I know, assign you I a goal for the year. <laughs> no, I did not. So, and I've been pretty good so far. I've, I've posted three blogs. Uh, what I decided to do on my blog was to celebrate my ancestors' birthdays and anniversaries. So, throughout the next year, throughout this year, 2016, I'm going to be celebrating my direct line ancestors' Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Yeah, because so. if you picked everybody on your family tree, you'd be blogging oh, about wow. people every day. Every like it was two every or three day. people yeah, every day. Exactly. Yeah. It was. That'd it was be crazy. a lot. So it's so just your direct just line. my direct line, right? Yes. And, I, and it was nice because I get to, I got to start with my grandmother on um, January seventh. So very yeah, nice. That's nice. Yeah, and I loved that idea, and mm -hmm. I I couldn't steal it from you, so I had to try something else. I thought, okay. All right, so I'm gonna. I got back into my blog as well. I'm only gonna post once a week, but I am gonna take a person um, in my blog. I'm gonna do like one on my dad's side, one on my mom's side, kind of alternate them back and forth, and um, just write what I know. 
just basic facts, what I know about this person, what I have proved. And it, and it, along that line, it also helps me figure out what I still need to prove about some people. Because I'll pull up a person and go, oh, I'm going to write about her. And wow, I really don't have any documents on this person. And so I can just, I can really spend my week researching that person so I know I will have the documentation before I put it up on the blog. Good. Yeah, so that's, um, that's my thing. And um, the other thing that we want to encourage everybody to do as you're getting into your um, genealogy research and if you've got a, um, a program on your computer or whatever is to please back it up. Back up yeah. your work. Yes. Because there's nothing worse than we had our good friend you know, yeah. Judy lose, yes. her, lose her stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think she did get it back. But, you know, if you've got it, if you've got a backup... And um, Amy and I both use Backblaze. Mm -hmm. It's five dollars a month, and it backs up everything super easy. on your computer. Like super easy. Super well, easy to use. And now, because um, Family Tree Maker is no longer going to be available, I think a lot right. of people rely on the Ancestry.com to be backing mm -hmm. up their information. Yeah. And now you're going to have to move to another software right. program right. or not have, have that syncing anymore. Absolutely. So, yeah. And we've got a link to Backblaze on our website if you mm -hmm. want to check it out. Check it out. Just, Absolutely, um, yeah. A little more. Just click on that. All right. So give us our so introduction. Women. Okay. So, well, we're going to be talking about women uh, in, in researching our, our female ancestors. And it's very difficult, uh, especially before 1850. They, they're not mentioned on... Um, too many documents, really. In 1850, mm -hmm. the census starts um, listing everyone who's in a household, so at least we have a name. We still don't have a, a, a maiden name, but at least we have a name that could possibly be that ancestor. So um, most of the time, we have to rely on the relationships that our female ancestors had with male members of the family, for the most, most part. Um, it's certainly their relationships with their children because we might find uh, death certificates of all of their children that list their name and it might have hopefully have their maiden name on it mm -hmm. but um, so those are the types of things we have to do it's a two-step process researching the men in the women's life to be able to try and find clues to find the women right so if you've got this woman married to John Smith and her name is Mary and you have no idea where she comes from like her family her parents or or anything where the or where would you look at first and there's there's quite a few easy places to go to first would be one would right. be the marriage certificate see if you Correct. can find the marriage right. certificate for John Smith and Mary whoever mm -hmm. right um, well right you start with the death certificate of the children look at all those death certificates for all mm -hmm. the children you can find and see if there's a name mentioned and a birth location mm -hmm. then look in the census to see if that birth location matches because remember Locations are just as important as names because that could help you rule right. out a lot of people who have the same name. If it's name. a common name. Exactly. Right. 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 So, um, so then you're right. So the next thing you start looking for is marriage records. Okay, and marriage records. You've got to know the laws and, mm -hmm. and the and what records are available mm -hmm. for wherever your ancestor might have lived. So those marriage records hopefully then will clue you into right. to who your ancestor. Or her death certificate. Her death certificate might also hopefully mention her parents' yeah. names. Mm -hmm. um, if she died after 1960, she probably had to apply for a Social Security right. number. Um, mm -hmm. Prior to that, a lot of women would use their, their husband's Social Security numbers um, for death benefits. But um, after that date, uh, women had to apply as well. So 
she would have had to written down her parents' names on that Social Security application, and you can get those from um, Social Security. They're the SS-5 applications. So Right. And on that same line, we have uh, obituaries might list her maiden Absolutely. name also. And if not, it might list um, living relatives, which could include a brother, right. and then you would have his last name, and hopefully mm -hmm. he's not a stepbrother, um, mm -hmm. you know, another dad. Right. Yep. Definitely track um, down those obituaries. That could be helpful as well. Um, and you mentioned um, marriage and death certificates of her children. Right. If you know any predeceased mm -hmm. her. Um, Make sure you look for her um, tombstone. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, especially in the South, uh, the woman's maiden name might have been inscribed on her tombstone. Um, it And hopefully it says her maiden name and then wife of, and then it will give her husband's name as well. Right. So that would help you. Um, right. put, put the woman and, and the man together if you can't find the marriage certificate. Okay, so let's say we've got Mary, we've got no marriage certificate, no death certificate, can't find anything on her kids, she didn't have an obituary, we're, we're just stuck, we're still with Mary. Hmm. Now we've got to look for some really out-of-the-box uh, things to, to try to find her last name. So one could be, did her husband leave a will? Right. Um, looking for the property or maybe he... Um, Maybe he uh, transferred property to her, or she inherited property from a relative. So look in the deed mm -hmm. books, because she may have uh, inherited property mm -hmm. from a uh, mm -hmm. father. Look for a her in her father's uh, probate record. Her father may have left a will and mentioned her, or if he didn't mention her, he mentioned her husband. Because right. oftentimes the, you the will husband find... will have inherited her yes. portion of the estate. So it won't list Mary yeah. Smith. It will list... Um, Daughter's husband. John Smith. John Smith. Exactly. Right. So if you can find... Right. If you look for the husband's name, you might find him in a will somewhere. And it might be like, oh, okay, look. There, there it is. That works out. Right. Okay. Um, pension applications. If her husband was a veteran of uh, the Revolution... Um, um, War of 1812, Civil War. Widows were entitled to pensions mm -hmm. at some mm -hmm. point. You have to understand when, um, you know, make sure that she was living at the time that those widows' pensions were made available and that she was widowed. But you might find information. You'll find, hopefully, you may not find her, her uh, maiden name, but it usually will list the date that she was married to the man, right. where they were married. So... Um, that will give you some valuable information right. where you can look for a marriage record. Yeah. So Another place is going to be um, in the census, of course, after 1850 mm -hmm. when they would list women's names. Um, so some of the things, the first thing that, would, that I would look for is if there was a mother-in-law living with the family at any point in time because her name would be listed there. <laughs> really yay absolutely so and that's why you have to know all the siblings mm -hmm. you have to know your ancestor not only your ancestor but all of his or her brothers, brothers and sisters because you have to look through all of those right to see if there's a mother-in-law living right or a mother living with anyone else and then you could find that name um also um and, and this is this takes a little bit of work but look at her children's names um a middle name could be a maiden name and then would one of those names be living nearby? And you can mm -hmm. look at the census. Look pages and pages before and pages and pages after mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. the families that are living in the vicinity. Right. A lot of times these people married close and stayed close, and one of those families living close by could be her, her family. So if you can make that coordination mm -hmm. between 
a middle name of one of her children or even a first name of one of her children, depending on what the last name is. Right. Or like if you that. find her husband owning property around several other men who have a different mm -hmm. last name, that could have been uh, the property that she inherited. Yeah. You, and you might have to then like research these other families mm -hmm. um, just to see if, if she shows up in any right. of the, any, any, anywhere in there. Right. Oh. If her father died um, before she married and if she would, if she were younger, there will more than likely be a guardianship mm -hmm. as part of the probate of her father's estate, and that possibly will list all of his mm -hmm. heirs, including your female ancestor. And it might mention, um, in addition to that, it might mention an uncle, and, and that could be maybe her mother's brother. So you might even be able to then find her mother's information yep. by looking to see who her guardian, who was appointed guardian for her. And many times um, a family would divide up the children because they did have to put money up, they did put a bond up. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if the father had been married several times, maybe this group of children will be uh, given over to the first wife's family and mm -hmm. the second group of children might be given over to the second wife's family. So that helps you start building um, and doing some more research to, yes. to help go off in that direction so Absolutely. look you know those probate records are a must and you have to scrutinize them don't just look for a will and then stop mm -hmm. look at the order book um, look at land transfers look at letters of administration I mean look at all of those probate and most of them are indexed but the early ones may not be and you may have to go page by page yeah but there's fun there's fun in that there's fun because when you find it then it's just all the it more is. exhilarating yes. Another thing to do is look at state laws. Look at the laws at the time um, that your ancestor was living and the state they were living in uh, because uh, and what the women's rights were for that time. And um, Amy, you're going to... Yeah, um, Christina Schaefer um, published a book. Um, it's been a while ago. I think it was um, published in 1999. It's called The Hidden Half of the Family, a source book for women's genealogy. And what's cool about it is, as like you were just saying, it takes you state by state. Mm -hmm. It looks at the property inheritance laws state by state. It looks at suffrage state by state. So you know when your ancestor, your female ancestor may show up on voter lists. It talks about marriage and divorce laws and records that are available. And it also has an extensive um, bibliography in the back. So to give you more resources right. to, to go to. So. Um, some of the reference, some of the um, contact information may be a little dated. You'll need to Google that, but it's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she's got uh, she's got some great little tidbits in there of, of laws in the states, um, different states. For instance, 1895, Louisiana prohibited the defendant in a divorce case from ever remarrying. So if you get divorced... You're alone. You're alone, right. Unless <laughs> you move. You have to move to another state. <laughs> uh, and in 37 states, ma a married woman had no legal right over her children. Mm, right, right. Well, I think I mentioned in an, um, a prior podcast mm -hmm. that my uh, grandmother, who was born in Michigan, mm -hmm. she was born an American citizen, lost her citizenship because mm -hmm. she, had been, she was married to a German immigrant. Now, he came yeah. here to the United States when he was six months old. And he'd been here for 30 years, but because he had never naturalized, his father had naturalized, but he had not. She lost her citizenship, and she had to carry around an alien card. 
uh, until he, after World War One, then filed for yeah. his own naturalization. And it's and just so it. hard for us to imagine mm-hmm. in the, this day and age. Like, how could that happen? How yeah. could you possibly yeah. think that? Uh, prior to 1850, um, you should, well, at any even after that, uh, look in the tax list because uh, if, a, if a woman was widowed, then she may be paying taxes mm, then on, um, on, her, uh, on her husband's estate or on mm-hmm. the property that she inherited from her husband. So look mm-hmm. for the property records mm-hmm. as well. And that will help give you an idea of where, she's, where she is living. Right. Um, another thought is uh, naturalization papers. You just mentioned mm-hmm. those. Um, that would be a good place to look and see if they might mention a... Right. They could very well mention If she, if she applied. Name. Yes. Mm-hmm. They may not mention yeah. her maiden name, but she might be mentioned on there. Uh, or if she's the daughter of an immigrant, she will most likely be mentioned on her father's, mm-hmm. uh, her father's naturalization mm-hmm. records. So... And another good thing about that book um, that you mentioned before is she's got a whole section on um, on um, Native American, Asian mm-hmm. women, Chinese mm-hmm. and Japanese, and um, African American yeah, enslaved women. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. great places mm-hmm. too. She lists a whole bunch of resources right. on how to research those uh, women in your family. Right. If you're looking for immigrant uh, f- female ancestors, uh, it's also important for you to understand the naming patterns or the naming. Mm-hmm. Um, um, habits from the the country where your ancestor uh, is immig- is um, immigrating or emigrating from, mm-hmm. and um, for instance, example, um, Italian women would retain their father's surname, so they would retain their maiden name. So you might see the family coming into the United States on a passenger list and have the husband and children with one name, and then there'd be a woman, the the wife, with a different name. And it doesn't mean that they weren't married. It's just that is the tradition Correct. in um, these women coming over, especially from, from um, southern Italy. That's mostly where my experience is right. in researching there. Uh, or Scandinavian women with the patronomial names, they have their father's first name with mm-hmm. daughter after it, and they retain those names mm-hmm. as well. So it always pays to research the country that your your family is coming from. Um, I mean, just a, there's a lot of research that goes into this, where yeah. they're coming from, where they're living, the time period. You the know, law. just the laws, mm-hmm. right? Just sometimes just reading some history of the of the area and the time is is so helpful in in doing your research. Absolutely. Um, now, some records that women did leave us are letters and diaries. Yes. Uh, women may not have created a lot of the legal documents, mm-hmm. but they certainly were were um, letter writers and they kept diaries and oftentimes. Those could either be kept by um, a family mm-hmm. member, mm-hmm. and you might make that connection on, say, Ancestry.com right. or another um, website. You might find yes. an ancestor or someone who has boards. a common ancestor mm-hmm. um, to you. Contact them and see if they know where those are. Um, also, check with local university and library special collections. Uh, many times, papers are donated to those local libraries. And they may not be local. They could be <laughs> so thousands of mi- a thousand miles away. That library so could true. have your ancestors' um, documents. So check, check um, archive. Cat. Yeah, check WorldCat. Check Archive Grid. Mm-hmm. And don't be so specific that you use your your female ancestor's name, um, first and last name. Just check the surnames mm-hmm. and see what pops up. And then check the you know. Based on the location and the surname, and maybe some other surnames, because there's going to be some related Absolutely. family members there. 
and then you may have to go digging, you know, piece by piece through that collection yeah. to find something. But you know, it could be very And fruitful. we've probably mentioned this before, but that was such a shocker to me when we heard that we were at a, a conference and heard a speaker talk about the uh, library at um, Duke. The Duke. It was Duke University. I think if you if I know what you're talking about, they had I was wills say for Virginia. State. Oh, Florida yes. State. It was uh, no, it was um, the University of West Florida. Okay, University of West Florida. Yes. How they had um, things from just other states from all Brooklyn. Over. They have a Random. huge collection of, of documents yeah. from Brooklyn. So, and mm-hmm. it, as it turns out, it was the person had lived in Brooklyn, I guess, and mm-hmm. retired here, and mm-hmm. then just donated to the local college. Right. So. Even though it's not Florida history, right. it's in Florida. Right. And I know I just yeah. kind of went, what? Yeah. Why would they do that? But yeah. so you just have to dig. Right. You got to right. dig right. and look. The one I was referring to was Duke University, I believe. They have a huge collection of WPA um, Bible records that the, the WPA went through um, the rural areas in Virginia and collecting Bible mm-hmm. information, and that ended up in North Carolina at, at Duke University. So yeah, yeah. So so you have to look far and wide, but you might be very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and it, it it just always amazes me what what's out there that we we don't know. As much mm-hmm. as we think we've really searched mm-hmm. for something, mm-hmm. um, this past month I uh, popped up on when I was switching over to um, from Family Tree Maker to Roots Magic. Um, something popped up. There was a marriage record that I hadn't seen before, and I pulled it up. and And darn if my family ancestors didn't run over the border to Canada to get married. I never would have looked in Canada. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. why would you go to Canada? Right. You know, right. what's wrong with you? But they they went to Canada to get married. And it was funny because it says on the marriage certificate that they had to swear that they were not there for to avoid publicity. Oh. So, hmm. Hmm. or were, were they? Right, right. <laughs> What's the publicity? What? Well, speaking of publicity, another um, another place that you might find your female ancestor mentioned is in the social section of newspapers. So oftentimes women are mentioned um, going to visit a relative mm-hmm. in another city or they just came back from visiting a relative in another city and it, and it mentions the relative's Absolutely. name and that might give you a clue number one location of where to look for yes. relatives and number two names that you can look for yes. in um in that particular area yeah. so some sort of relationship there and when you're looking for those <clears throat> excuse me for those social uh, notices look for the husband's name because she might be mentioned as Mrs. John Smith mm-hmm. rather than Mrs. Violet Smith. Right. So use the husband's name too and look to see what, what's mentioned with, about him. Right. So. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've given you a lot of places to look or ways to think about finding your female ancestors right. out there. And if you have come, if you found something that we haven't mentioned, why don't you give us an email and let us absolutely let us know? We'll mention it on our next podcast. Just drop us a note at yeah. genealogy. Or happy hour. if you use some of these tips and you find a female ancestor or a or her maiden name, let us know that yeah, too. Yeah, we'd love to know that. Yeah. Yep. Just send us an email. And until next right. time, so more layer cake. Cheers. Cheers.